So God is able to lead the people out of Egypt. He's able to get the people out of Egypt. But now he's going through this process of getting Egypt out of the people. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I'd like to share a passage out of Numbers chapter 11. It's a really interesting passage. It's the only time in the Bible the word onions appears in the text. It says, Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Now you probably know that this is the story of uh, the Israelites, the Hebrews, who had come out of Egypt, and they begin to complain. And first of all, I think this is worth noting that this starts with the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. Then it says, and the people of Israel also wept again. Now, when the Exodus happens and the Hebrews leave Egypt, in Exodus 12, 38, it says, A mixed multitude also went up with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and herds. So they had this other group of people traveling with them that were not Jews. And we see accounts of later on in Leviticus chapter 24, it talks about that there was an Israelite woman's son whose father was an Egyptian, and he goes out and commits blasphemy and ends up getting stoned. And so we see the impact of having these other Egyptians, these non-Hebrews, traveling with the Israelites. And it's through the craving of this small group of people that the complaining spreads to the whole nation, to all of the Israelites. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Paul says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So the first lesson I think out of this passage of scripture is that the people we surround ourselves with are actually very, very important and influence us probably much more than we realize. If you're around negative people, if you're around people who like to complain, if you're around people who are always able to see how the glass is half empty, chances are uh, that's how you're going to see the world. But if you're around people who love praising God, if you're around people who are just thankful all the time, who can always see the glass half full, then you'll be inspired to be that kind of person as well. But here the Israelites find themselves in a situation of their own making. You know, God's intention was never for the people to spend years and years roaming in the wilderness. In fact, even when the people are first led out of Egypt, in Exodus 13, 17, it says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. So there was a closer way to go to Canaan, but God couldn't take the people that way because their hearts weren't ready for it. So God is able to lead the people out of Egypt. He's able to get the people out of Egypt. But now he's going through this process of getting Egypt out of the people. And sadly for many of them, he's never able to do that. Many of the people who God delivered out of Egypt were never able to get Egypt out of them. They still held on to their old mindset that they had as slaves living in Egypt. And so they were never able to walk into the fullness 
of the inheritance that God had prepared for them. And make no mistake, it wasn't because God didn't want to give it to them. It was because they were not able to receive it. Proverbs 19.3 says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. And so we see this in spades in the Hebrews, that their situation was completely their own fault. It was the consequences of their own choices. They're responsible for their own mindset. Despite having seen so many signs and wonders, they choose to walk in unbelief. They choose to walk in fear. They choose to look at the glass as half empty and everything that could go wrong instead of looking at the glass, you know, 99% full and everything that God had done on their behalf. And so the rabble have this craving and the people all begin to complain. And what they say is amazing to me. They say, remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing? That has to be one of the most ridiculous statements in the Bible. But it's coming out of this slave mindset. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so they're thinking like slaves, like, oh, we had free fish, free fish. All we had to give up was our freedom and, you know, that they would uh, kill our children. You remember, you know, Pharaoh, when Moses is born, he's executing the Hebrew babies because there are too many Hebrews. And, and these people, they can just look back and think, wow, remember that free fish? That free fish was so good. It's like, are you crazy? Fish that cost nothing, it only cost you everything. It only cost you your freedom, your, you know, your children. What insanity, what kind of twisted thinking is that? And yet, if we allow ourselves to be influenced by the world, remember it's this rabble that has this craving that's influencing them to, to think back and to hang on to that slave mindset. We too can have this slave mindset. And instead of looking at the the beauty and the glory and the awesomeness of how good Jesus is and, and giving ourselves 100% to pursuing his kingdom, we can also find ourselves stuck and not progressing as the Lord would have us mature into the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ, like Ephesians talks about, that it's God's purpose to mature us all to become just like Jesus and to reign with him forever in his kingdom, to have the the character and the fruit of the Spirit and the power that Jesus walked in. That's our destiny as children of God, to mature into the likeness of Jesus. And yet it's this slave mentality, this Egyptian mindset where we're stuck still thinking as we thought when we were slaves, hey, remember how good that free fish was? That's crazy thinking. And yet, we oftentimes can do the exact same thing. God can get us out of Egypt, but he can't get Egypt out of us because he honors us and he gives us the right to choose what we're going to think about, to choose the mindset that we're going to embrace. And so sometimes we still have a mindset that is chasing what this world tells us we should chase, whether that be financial success or popularity, uh, money, horsepower, square footage, however people choose to measure it, sometimes we still have this free fish mindset where we're esteeming the wrong thing, not seeing how much it actually costs us, not seeing that we give up our freedom to pursue these things. The, The Israelites, the Hebrews, gave up their freedom to have 
quote-unquote free fish. And so Paul says in Romans 12, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your worship. Give your body to the Lord to be led by the Spirit, that your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the connection point between heaven and earth where God can move through your body and let his will be done on the earth. And he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you can discern what is the will of God. So it's the renewing of the mind. It's changing or making our mind like it was when it was new again so that our mind is now informed by our spirit so that we're led by the Holy Spirit. The spirit who searches the mind of God can speak into our spirit. And so the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. And now we don't have to depend on the futility of our own thinking. Like he talks about in Ephesians 4.17, he says, don't be like the Gentiles who live according to the futility of their thinking. They just depend on their own perceptions of what's right and wrong, but you have been transformed. You have a new nature. You have the Holy Spirit of God living in you so that our minds can be renewed. They can be made like they were that the way that God intended so that our mind is subject to the Spirit of God living in us, leading us, directing our thoughts so that we think with the mind of Christ so that we're not, as James said, double-minded. We don't have two minds, but we're single-minded and we have the mind of Christ, and we think the way that God thinks, which, said another way, is to have the wisdom of God. And this is the good news of the new covenant. This was the the problem with the old covenant. Not that there was anything wrong with the law. The law was perfect, but because of the brokenness of human hearts, they could not keep the law. And so God said, I'm going to give you a new heart, a new heart of flesh. I'm going to take out your old heart of stone, and I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. And that's what it means to be born again. In Ezekiel chapter 11, he says, I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And so this is the new covenant that God talks about when he's going to make a new covenant with Israel because the old covenant was flawed, not that there was anything wrong with the law. Again, the law was perfect, but as Hebrews 8, 7 says, he says, for if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second, for he finds fault with them when he says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So that's exactly what we're talking about right now. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so as even though we are not... Jews according to the flesh, but we have been grafted into Israel. The Bible says that we have been included as Israel, even as Gentiles, by the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Praise the Lord that now we, even as Gentiles, can be included 
in the covenant of God, in this new covenant made in the blood of Jesus. And part of this new covenant is having the Spirit on the inside of us, that now we can be transformed, our thinking can be transformed, we can be made new, and we can be delivered from those cravings, from those appetites, from that stinking thinking that says, man, remember how good that free free fish was? Oh man, I wish we could go back and have some free fish. That's craziness. No, now we are free, we're set free to think as Christ thinks and to live out the life of Christ that has been deposited on the inside of us. However, sometimes we still also, uh, like the Hebrews, have this slave mindset and we get stuck in incorrect thinking and we delay our progress in inheriting the kingdom. Paul says in Galatians 5, if you live according to the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom. But, he says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I just had a podcast on that not too long ago. But as we walk according to the Spirit, we're able to to move at the pace that God would have us move in. You know, the journey from Egypt to Canaan should have only taken about 11 days. Uh, According to Deuteronomy 1-2, it says it takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea by the Mount Seir Road. And so that journey to the promised land should have been a quick jaunt into the promised land. If the people had been believing God, they could have walked into the promised land, inherited all of God's promises on his timeline, but it was their unbelief, it was their slave mindset, it was the fact that God had taken them out of Egypt but couldn't get the Egyptian mindset, the slave mindset out of them, that a whole generation perished in the wilderness. And that was not God's purpose for them. That was not what God intended, but God just continued to work with them where they were and and didn't completely reject them and took the next generation in. And there's another lesson to be learned there, and that is the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And so faith does not come through seeing signs and wonders because if it did, the Hebrew people who were led out of Egypt should have had the greatest faith of anyone you know who's ever lived in history because they saw the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire day and night, God's visible presence leading and guiding them. The Red Sea split open, the plagues that God brought on Egypt, this supernatural deliverance, water from the rock, manna, you know, falling day after day for them to eat, supernatural provision day after day, and yet they were faithless. And so that's a good reminder to us that, yes, I believe in walking in the miraculous power of God, but the miraculous power of God is a result of our trusting Him and our stepping out in faith, but to be built up in our faith That comes by the Word of God. The Word of God on the inside of us is what grows and strengthens our faith. And any miracle we experience, there's always going to be a natural explanation to explain it away. So if you try to anchor your faith to a miracle, chances are that you will find yourself really struggling with doubt that, oh, maybe I didn't really experience what I thought I experienced. Maybe that person wasn't really healed. Maybe that miracle didn't really happen. And so it's important that our faith is not, we we don't try to grow our faith through the experience of supernatural phenomena. We grow our faith through hearing 
the word, the word of Christ. So may God continue to transform each of us in the likeness of Christ. I know there are areas of my life where I still have a slave mindset, where sometimes I still think, hey, that free fish, that's pretty good. I'd like some free fish. And that's just craziness. And so we may, may God show us and may the Holy Spirit put his finger on those parts of our thinking on our uh, lives where we're delaying inheriting everything that he wants to give us. And may our mind be renewed according to the word of Christ so that we would inherit all that God wants to give us, all of the fruit of the Spirit, all of the fullness of the experience of his kingdom. Paul said that you would be filled with peace and joy in believing. So as we renew our minds and we believe and we walk according to the Spirit, we inherit the fullness of everything that God wants to give us. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you.